Hi everyone and welcome to the November edition of the distillerytours.scot podcast, giving you that wee bit of extra insight from Scotland's whisky distilleries. My name's Nikki Simpson and in this episode I spoke to Jenna Collins, Visitor Centre Supervisor at the Strathisla Distillery in Speyside. Jenna tells us what it means to her to work at the home of Chivas after spending most of her career working in distilleries, why she thinks everyone should get to write their own tasting notes and news of their distillery reserve collection for 2020. And there's even an interesting request from Queen Victoria. This episode was recorded in October 2020, when the world had been social distancing for around seven months to stop the spread of COVID-19. If you'd like to find out more about the distillery, its tours and its whisky, check out distillerytours.scot and click on the Book Now button on the Strathisla listing. We hope you enjoy it. So, hi, Jenna Collins, Visitor Centre Supervisor at the Strathisla Distillery. How are you? Hello, I'm really good, thank you. Good, good. So tell us a bit about yourself and your career working in distilleries. Okay, so um, I am a, a Keith Quine. Keith is the town that Strathisla Distillery is in um, and I grew up here and it's quite nice to be back here bringing up my family here too. And I feel quite lucky to have the opportunity to do this job in my hometown and promote Strathisla Distillery as the, the jewel in Keith's crown, as we say, it's um, to Chivas Regal fans kind of around the world. Um, I guess you could say I was brought up on Chivas because my dad actually worked for Chivas for over 40 years, still does. Um, and it was kind of this that gave me and my sister the idea of becoming distillery tour guides for our summer jobs when we were students. So that's how I started way back in 2006. Um, it was up at the Glenlivet um, and I really loved it. Um, I just kind of fell in love with the, the culture of the distillery visitor centres because everybody's got this pride and passion and you get to meet people from all over the world. It, it kind of gets under your skin. And I kind of see that in some of the students that we've taken on year after year, like you interview them and they say, have you tasted whiskey before? And they're like, oh, I've maybe had a wee sip of my dad's. And by the end of their first summer season, they're like going back to uni and joining the whiskey club because they're just smitten with the whole thing. Um, so, yeah, I love the I love the job. Um, I left it for a couple of years um, and worked in a bank and then I just I wanted to get back into the the distillery visitor centre industry. It's, it's the mix of whiskey, hospitality, tourism, all in one place that really um, interested me. Um, so after a couple of years, I came back and joined Strathila as a deputy supervisor. And then over the last 10 years, I've kind of been between Strathila Distillery and the Glenlivet. Um, as supervisors, deputies, things like that. And in 2017, I came back down the road to my home of Strathisla, just as we were getting a big renovation um, and started to introduce some new experiences and really tie the idea of Strathisla being the heart of Shiva Regal and the home of Shiva Regal together. So it's been, yeah, it's been a great experience. Oh, that's, I mean, it sounds like, um, you know, you're really passionate about the industry and I, can, I know what you mean about, um, you know, I mean, I can't imagine how hard that must have been working in a bank for a couple of years where it's such a completely different culture with a completely different focus on uh, what's important and what's, um, you know, what's driving the business kind of thing. I mean, obviously, they're both businesses, but, you know, one's clearly so focused on money being a bank and the other one's so focused on uh, people enjoying themselves and and enjoying the whiskey and enjoying the process of, uh, you know, seeing what happens. 
Yeah, that's it. I mean, you sell somebody a whiskey that they turn out they don't like, it doesn't change their lives. But if you sold somebody a credit card or a loan, it was a different story. So yeah, it was much more fun trying to persuade people to buy a bottle of whiskey, that's for sure. Yeah, I bet. Um, so, I mean, you mentioned that it's um, that it's the home of Chivas. Um, it's been a distillery since 1786, is that right? Can you tell us a bit more about the history of it and um, and the history of Chivas as well? Yeah, definitely. So we like to boast that we are the oldest continuously working distillery in the Highlands um, and 234 years old. It's quite quaint, a unique little distillery. Um, the, the outer buildings, it's listed buildings and they're really beautiful. They set quite an iconic scene really. Um, and Strathyla was the very first distillery to be bought by Chivas Brothers, but that wasn't until as recently as 1950. Um, and at that time, they actually bought it for £71,000, lock, stock and barrel. So it's amazing. It, yeah, it is pretty amazing. So the Shivers brothers come into it. They were um, they were from Ellen, near Aberdeen. And James Shivers landed a job in a high end grocery store in the heart of old Aberdeen um, on King Street. And uh, he they got a really good reputation for their commitment to quality. And in 1843, they actually got a royal warrant and they were official suppliers to the royal family. And it wasn't just whiskey, they did they did anything and everything, like tea and spices from all over the world. Um, and we've actually got a record in the archive um, of a request from Queen Victoria for a case of whiskey and a quiet donkey to take her on trips around the park. <laughs> a quiet cool. donkey. <laughs> yeah. Just imagine her on a donkey trotting around the park with a <laughs> bottle of Chivas Regal in her hand. Not that it would be Chivas Regal back then, but one of their whiskies. Um, <laughs> so it was in the, the grocery store that um, they started to experiment with blending whiskey, um, which everybody kind of knows. It was quite raw and fiery back then. Um, and all these grocers started to blend them to tame them and open up their flavours so that they could give their customers the very best. Um We've had five master blenders since then, which isn't that many really, if you think of the time span, that was from the mid um, 19th century. Um, and, and their job is to honour the style that James established. Um, and we like to say that they've protected and perfected the Shivers Regal blend ever since. And right. it was in doing this that they found Strathyla single malt, which has come to kind of define the Chivas style. And it's the one single malt that we can say lies at the heart of every single bottle of Chivas Regal. We don't know the recipe. It, it can change in order to get the, the continued flavour, but Strathyla is always in there. And that's why Strathyla Distillery is now the home of Chivas. Lovely. You mentioned that your outbuildings are all listed. I mean, what's that like? Are you... Um... Uh, you, you know, you said that you joined when you when the renovation happened. Was that is it quite difficult working with those buildings, or have you just kind of do they slot in nicely around the more modern side of things? Yeah, they do. I mean, I think we're quite lucky that it's the outside of the building that's listed. So over the last two hundred odd years, the internal use of the building has changed a lot. So the buildings we now use as our our visitor centre um, used to be the maltings. And there's some cute wee bits, like as you go through our bar, there's a little slope um, in the flooring, which was obviously to keep the malt in and stop it um, moving around and things like that. So um, 
and uh, we've got our iconic twin pagodas, which would have obviously been where the kiln was, but that's now where our mash tun sits. So it's nice as we go through our distillery tours, we can kind of say, well, this is what's in here now, but picture it from the outside and this is what it used to be. So for internal, it's fine. And with the renovation, a lot of people were quite worried. Oh, don't change the style. It's so beautiful. But there's been a lot of appreciation for the way that we've managed to maintain the cosy traditional style, but really bring it into the 21st century and make it quite a, a kind of luxury, luxury boutique kind of atmosphere that even young people want to be in. What does it mean to you to be the home of Shivas? How important is it to the distillery to have a blend and a single malt offer? Because I mean, there's so many distilleries that focus on, um, they don't usually just have one single malt, but they usually just kind of focus on that as like their key product. The biggest thing is it gives us a bit of global recognition. Um, We've got more distilleries in Speyside. I think it's still over half the distilleries in Scotland are in Speyside and most of them are promoting their single malts. So little old Strathyla might get, get lost in all that, but having Chivas as this global brand, it, it means people know us, uh, they know where to come. Um, it also gives us a point of difference because we can educate and teach people about blends as well as single malt because there is always this kind of idea that we're slowly trying to dispel that that blends are inferior to malts and they're just not they're just different um, and it's great for us to be able to kind of showcase why they're different what makes them different and the the skill and um, the art that goes into making a blended whiskey also from a personal point of view it's it's kind of commonly said by Keith Folk um, that when we travel about and people ask us where we're from Keith is meant with blank expressions but if we go on to say oh it's where Shiva Regal comes from there's instant recognition and excitement and it, it does give us a bit of pride in the team and certainly as a um, as a town and certainly as a team at the distillery it's it, it puts us on the map what happens on the tours of Strathisla? What sets you apart from other distilleries, would you say? Our big aim, I suppose, is to kind of open up the world of whisky, to put a, a marketing kind of term on it. Um, we want to make it accessible for everyone and kind of focus on flavours rather than tasting notes and drinking it how you like it, not in a prescribed way. So under normal circumstances, we've got three really great experiences um, and we were actually just poised ready to launch a brand new experience um, in March, which will replace our traditional distillery tour. Um, so we've taken a lot of time and thought to ensure that it's kind of our entry level experience, but we wanted to stand up to the expectations of the 2020 traveller and um, make sure it's entertaining and informative for all levels of whiskey knowledge, because I'm sure you're aware when we take a group of kind of people around the distillery, we can have whiskey experts and we can have people that have never been at a distillery before or even tasted whiskey before. And it's one of the biggest challenges for the team is to make sure they can give both of those people a great experience and have them leave having learned something new. Yep. So when we invite them in, we actually start with um, offering everyone a, a highball, which is a shivers and soda. And we decided to do that because who wants to come to a distillery and wait a whole hour before they get a drink? Um, <laughs> Soften them up a bit. Is that what you mean? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
And also, that's what we would do if we were at home, if our friends and family come over. The first thing you do is ask everybody if they want a drink. So we want everybody to feel relaxed and that they're here to kind of enjoy a few hours in our company. So while guests are enjoying their highball, um, we... um, we tell them a bit about our story, the, the one that I just kind of mentioned a minute ago, the, the link between Strathyla and Chivas and the history. We then go on to introduce the, the three ingredients of whiskey, and then we do a very brief overview of the process, which we've we found is really helpful to get everybody onto the same level before we actually go into the distillery. So it's easier for the novices to kind of understand which hap- what's happening in each point of the process. Um, and it makes it easier for the guide to put that information over. On the distillery tour, um, we are going to be offering a wee dram of the wash. So that's not often available and it is something that people always ask about, what does it taste like? So we thought we'd give everybody a wee taste of that. And then in the distillery, we'll have wee atomizers so you can have a nose of the new make spirit um, and actually see I know there's a lot of talk of how much flavour comes from the cask and absolutely most of it does, but it can be really interesting to get a a good sniff of the the new make spirit and see what flavours are already in there. For Strathyla, it's quite a lot of the kind of the orchard fruits that you see coming right through the final product. Are you allowed to give a taste of that as well? I mean, you said you have a dram of the wash, but then like a a nose of the new make spirit. Is that, is that, are you allowed to taste that as well? Or or is there, is there kind of not in the still house which was a challenge that would have been ideal but the hmrc regulations and things like that just made it too tricky um to manage actually having a dram of the new make spirit um so that's why we went with nose in it instead fair enough and then we we finish well we go to the warehouse obviously and see our traditional dunnage style warehouse um but we finish off with a blind tasting challenge um we make sure we focus on the flavours of the whisky and how they might contribute to a final blend. And it's, it's it's an effort to make it accessible for everyone and take away the intimidating taste and notes and things like that. But with a blind testing, we can also make sure anyone's challenged. So regardless of their experience, because there's, there's single malts in there, there's blends in there, there's single grains in there as well. So it can really challenge the most experienced whisky drinker and hopefully be a bit of fun for everyone as well. Yeah, that's the key, isn't it? To make it fun so that people feel like they're, you know, if they get it right and the, and the person who's the expert beside them is uh, doesn't, then they go, oh, that's all right, you know, because it's, it's a level playing field, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's the one that we're just eager, <laughs> eager to launch anytime soon, um, hopefully. Um, but we've also got our Chivas Cellar tasting. So in the Chivas Cellar, we've got six casks lying which contain Chivas expressions and they've been blended and put back into a cask for us to sample for uh, with our visitors. So it's the only opportunity to taste the likes of Chivas 12, 18, 25 at cask strength. There's the added wee bonus that they've been in there for over five years now. So the 25 year olds more like a 30 year old. So they're really special and rare. And you can also sample a couple of those when you join our Chivas blending experience. Tell us about the blending experience. So the blending experience, is, it's kind of our hero experience. It's the one that we launched after our, our refurbishment uh, when we reopened in spring 2018. And 
I'm quite confident to say it's fantastic because it's really popular and we get great feedback from it. Um, so this offers you the chance to try your hand at creating your own blended whiskey. So we've got grain whiskey and four malts that you can play about with the different components. Um, it's again done in flavour profiles. So you've got uh, smoky, creamy, fruity, citrus, creamy. Um, and it depends on your tastes as well. It's not a challenge. It's not, um, you don't have to have a drink of Shivas 12 and try and match it. You are creating your own blend to your taste. So we've got some people come and make really peaty blends. And I think most people listening to this might know that uh, Space I don't do peaty. We're known for fruity floral characters. But if that's what that person likes, then that's what they can make. Um, and you get a wee 20 centiliter bottle of it to take away with you. And before you've done the blending, you get the full distillery tour, you get the drams in the cellar as well. So it's a two and a bit hour experience. And it's something that is really unique. Nowhere else in space I does it. Um, and it's great. We've had people from within the industry come and do it and come back again because they just think it's so much fun and they want to have another go. So. Do you ever... Um... Uh, do you ever have your master blender kind of standing by, you know, looking out for particularly great blends that people have made, you know, to maybe take on and use in your own, <laughs> own distillery? That would be great. Um, I guess because there is only the five whiskies to blend with, it would be quite tricky because we never say how many different whiskies are in Shivas Regal, but there would be a lot more than five. There's probably a lot more than, than 20. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, That's so, yeah, um, one of the other Shivas Brothers blends is Ballantines, um, which is one of the biggest ones. They do state that there's over 40 whiskies in the Ballantines blend. So it it's one of those things that I guess people don't quite realise the scale of it and the scale of how many different flavours they're blending together um, to get the consistency um, throughout, but also to get the depth and the complexity of flavour that consistency and the and the complexity of it if you've got more than 40 whiskies in one blend that's mm -hmm. i mean it, you know you'd have to be absolutely you know precision all the way through wouldn't you yes and that's why there's no recipe for blended whiskies because a single malts by nature are inconsistent although they're distilled in the same way there's so many different casks and what has the weather been like over that 12 or 20 years that they've been maturing? All of that can have a part to play in what the final product is. So the master blenders are trying to make a consistent product with inconsistent ingredients. So it has to change and distilleries can be mothballed and the whiskey is no longer available and things like that. So there's so much more to play than just getting... 10 of these casks, 10 of these casks, 12 of these and putting them together and off you go. It's ever changing, but you need to come out with something that is consistent in quality and style um, so that it is still a Shivas Regal. That must be really hard. I suppose I'm just thinking about, I mean, you were saying that the weather affects it, for example. You know, if you're mm -hmm. unable to keep that consistency from, you know, over a decade, you do you ever receive feedback like that? Do you ever receive feedback from... Um, customers drinking Shivas going, well, I used to drink this when I was younger and it tasted completely different or are people quite aware of those changes and, you know, expect that or, or is it, or do you, you know, would it be impossible to tell the difference? It's, the, our master blenders are so skilled that 
no, people don't. They are able to keep the quality and the consistency. So if someone has been drinking Chivas for their last 20 years, they are confident they are drinking the same product, which is amazing. It's really testament to the skill of the blender. It's then when you go into our other ranges, like the Distillery Reserve Collection, which is single cask, um, single malt bottlings, you can really see the difference um, and what, uh, the flavour that comes from the casks. So at the moment, we've got two 13-year-olds and two 16-year-olds um, from different cask types. And even just looking at the bottles, the colour is so different and you open it up them up and there's totally different flavours. So that gives an idea of what the blenders are working with and what they need to pull together to create their blend. Yeah, um, really, uh, really skilled job, huh? Oh, amazing, yeah. So you mentioned your distillery reserve collection for 2020. Can you tell us a bit about your favourite then? Yeah, so the distillery reserve collection is I think I said already, there are a range of single cask, cask strength, non-chill filtered bottlings, and we try to have a new range out every year. So this year we've got some really great stuff. We've got single malts like Alta Bain and Milton Duff and Glen Talkers that are very rarely bottled as single malts. We've even got some Dolmanich from our newest distillery, four and five years old, because that's the oldest we have of it, and some Capardonich, which I mean, the distillery no longer exists. Um, so it's a great way to showcase the Chivas Brothers distilleries. Um, but this year we've got three really old Strathylas, which is really exciting. We've got a 25-year-old, a 27 and a 29-year-old. So my favourite of the three, I've just had a week's holiday and I took some home to do some homework, is the, the 27-year-old. And it is from a second fill hogshead. It's about 55% but it's really smooth. You could you could drink it without water. I added some because I do like adding water to whiskey. I always think it's fascinating to add some water and let it sit for five minutes and really see how it changes. Um, and it, it it's really lovely and sweet and it's got that kind of a pear drop and like fresh apple flavour that, that Strathyla tends to have. It's um, it's just a lovely dram to drink. It wasn't, you know, her cask strength can sometimes be a wee bit challenging because of the high alcohol percentage. It really wasn't at all. It was a very easy dram to drink. It was great. Highly recommend it. <laughs> okay, thank you. I'll, uh, and and when is that? Is that is that already out, or when is that coming out? That one is on the shelf already, and then the others that I mentioned are going to be on the shelf by the end of this week. So. In November. So for uh, yeah, at the end of November. Yeah, but I'm not, as you can probably tell there, I'm not really keen on tasting notes. I think I think they can make whiskey too inaccessible. So when I when I taste a dram, I kind of treat it the same as I would if I opened a bottle of wine or poured a beer. I don't analyse it. I tend to just enjoy it. Um, so that's why my my tasting notes were quite. A, sketchy i suppose but orchard fruits is as far as i'm i'm going to put it because i enjoyed it it was a lovely dram i think that sometimes that's all you need to say yeah definitely i mean i think the fact that you said that it's a uh, you know 55 percent, but still um a, a nice easy dram to drink that's um yeah that's so true um okay thank you um so you've recently begun begun offering a walking history tour can you tell us a bit more about that and why it's working so well for you at the moment yeah, definitely. So as everyone, we've had to kind of diverse in recent times and, and think about what we can do. So um, a couple of weeks ago, 
we we were unable to offer alcoholic drinks inside which at the moment when we couldn't do distillery tours um tastings for all we were offering we had to think out of the box and Mike and Donnie and my team, they're both Keith Loons, like me, born and bred in Keith. And they they realised that um, the distillery site and the surrounding area had an amazing depth of history. Um, and that this is something that they were fascinated by and visitors would be as well. Not just visitors, but local Keith people or people from Murray and Speyside, people like me that have walked the routes a hundred times and do it every day, but had no idea about the stories about um, like Milton Tower and the Lynn Pot and um, the River Isla and things like that. So their idea has been perfectly timed. It's allowed us to, to run an experience for visitors that are on the go um, at a time where everything else is so restricted. Um, and it's going down really well. And we want to give the people of Keith something to do as well. Um, people don't want to travel at the moment, so it gives them something to do in their Saturday or Sunday afternoon, or if they've got a week off. Um, and it's great fun. I think we'll probably keep going with it. Uh, I suppose um, it's like anywhere, isn't it? I, I live just outside Edinburgh and um, I have done for the past 20 years or so. And I think we've only visited the castle like once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been there more than that, you see. <laughs> Don't yeah, do exactly. it's on your doorstep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's always more to discover, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. What do you think distilleries can do to encourage more women to drink whiskey? I thought that was a really interesting question. Um, so I actually think that a lot of women do drink whiskey. It's just not the image that's portrayed in advertising and the media and that maybe we're a bit shyer about it than our male counterparts are. But I'm I'm really encouraged to see that that seems to be changing. And hopefully some of these silly stereotypes around whiskey drinking can become a thing of the past. Yeah, I hope so too. And it's amazing the amount of times I still get asked, almost on a daily basis, do you drink whiskey? And you kind of think, you know, I'm, I'm standing here in a whiskey distillery, it's my job. Why are you asking me that question? <laughs> like, it, but that does come from more the consumer rather than within the industry. So hopefully if, if we as an industry can can get that advertising right and just normalise it, that yes, women drink whiskey, of course they do, the same as both women and men drink wine or beer or anything else, then the consumer will just start to get that. Maybe it's alcohol in general, because I mean, I'm thinking about the advertising I've seen for, um, you know, you mentioned beer there and 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 uh wine as well i don't you don't really send, tend to see so much advertising for wine it's more things like lambrini that you get to see advertising yeah. <laughs> which, uh, yeah which is just cringe <laughs> yeah which is going down the opposite end of the scale isn't it absolutely but beer as well is often portrayed as i suppose a kind of lad's drink isn't it yeah yeah it is there's I love beer. I mean, I love whiskey so as well. So do but... I. Yeah, I love beer and whiskey together. That's how I drink it. Dangerous. Well, <laughs> like, like, yeah, but like that's what my granda did. My granda always sat with a beer and a whiskey, and now I get it because your beer's kind of your longer drink, and you can really savor the whiskey if you've got a beer alongside it. So, yeah, that's yeah. oh, hard. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I would love to see that shift, but I, I think um, uh, these things take time, I suppose, don't they? Yeah, and I think it's important we don't just say, oh, 
let's offer whiskey cocktails because then women will like it. I mean, men like whiskey cocktails as well. Like a whiskey sour or an old fashioned is still a very traditionally masculine drink, I think. So, isn't it? Isn't it just so strange in 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 its purest form that um, a drink could be uh, sexist? Yes. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't say that about food, but even then, maybe you would. You know, steak, I suppose, is still seen as quite a masculine thing. I know it's, it is. It's very strange, but hopefully, we can move away from it and just, yeah, let everyone enjoy a dram. Yeah, for sure. Uh, finally, then, what advice would you give to someone who would like to know more about whiskey? I would say come to a distillery and have some fun with it. We we kind of revel in getting the 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 newbies, the people that don't know much about whiskey, because then we can just kind of gush everything out that we know that and try and like bring them along with our passion. But we can also just give them the freedom to have a go. It's one of these things that's like going to an ice cream shop. If you choose a, fl- a flavour that you've never tried before and you don't like it, you don't worry about it. You just think, oh, I'll not buy the tub of it or I'll try something else the next time. And I think you should have the same idea about coming and trying whiskies. Um, you might try something really peaty first and it might be too much and it might put you off. So come to somewhere like this where you can try um, lots of different ones and realise that there are hundreds if not thousands of different flavoured whiskies. And if you really want to, you will find one that you like eventually. But also, if it turns out you don't like it, that's okay. Like you can still be interested in the history and the 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 process, the the part it plays in our industry and the lo- like local communities and things like that. So that's why coming to a distillery gives you the the whole picture of whiskey. Um, but yeah, equally, just have a go. Don't be intimidated. I really like that that you said that you revel in the newbies. That's really nice because I think there's a lot of people who would, you know, go to a distillery feeling a little bit intimidated and like, well, they might not understand what was happening or, um, you, you know, or the, that, uh, you know, the people who did know more about whiskey would be, you'd spend more time with them or whatever. But the fact that you revel in that's lovely. I really like that. Yeah, we do. I think it's a team thing, actually. We all really love that. Just trying to, trying to convert somebody and have somebody leave. It don't have to be a whiskey drinker, but understanding what the product is and being a little bit intrigued by it yeah that's cool thanks jenna nice to talk to you yeah you too if you enjoyed hearing about the Strathisla distillery and would like to try a dram of one of their 2020 distillery reserve collection for yourself we're delighted to say that their visitor center tastings and tours are open to visitors please do book in advance Distillerytours.scot has every whisky distillery visitor centre in one place. If you'd like to hear more from us, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram or sign up for our distillery and whisky news monthly email to hear the podcast first at distillerytours.scot forward slash sign up. In our next episode in December, we'll be speaking to Helen Mackenzie Smith, co-founder of the Lindor's Abbey Distillery in Fife. We look forward to seeing you then.